I got nothing. Me either. Let's just do this. Alright. Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 88 of Musically Challenged, your heaping helping of music, trivia, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about this week. I'm your host, Chad Knight, and with me as always is Lou Schwalbach. Good evening. All right, now, if you guys remember, we did an episode dedicated to a specific artist a couple of weeks back when we talked about the Beatles. We're going to do that again this week, but this time is just one person, Madonna. Okay. So Madonna Louise Sassone better known by just Madonna, is a singer, songwriter, and actress that burst onto the scene with her self-titled debut album, 1983's Madonna. That included some of her biggest classic hits, Lucky Star, Borderline, and Holiday, which we're talking at least about two of those tonight. Yep. She enjoyed worldwide success and continued to release albums every couple of years, really only taking time off to either act in such films as Desperately Seeking Susan and Dick Tracy or to be a mom to her six children. She's one of, if not the best-selling female recording artist, and, per Guinness, the fourth best-selling act of all time behind the Beatles, Elvis, and Michael Jackson. It's a pretty elite group. It is, absolutely. So, with the Beatles episode, we were able to split it between the band's solo and group efforts. However, since Madonna's always just been her own artist, and not a band member, it'll be Madonna all the time. Kind of like MTV, if... if MTV played music. Then again, to be fair, with the huge rotation of her videos in the 80s, it pretty much was M. Madonna TV. Oh, yeah, I suppose. So sit back and relax while we get this mad show started. All right. So how you been, sir? Um, Been better. Uh, Just coming off a pretty horrible cold, um, but got my voice back enough that we can try to get this going. Good, good, because we were running out of days before this drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, running short, so we'll hopefully but be able to get this done. So I'll get it done somehow. I'll get it done. Well, the good news is, is the editing shouldn't really be too bad. Maybe a couple ands and buts and stuff taken out, and throw some music in there. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's it should be a pretty straightforward episode, which would be great. I uh, just got back from Chicago. Do you remember? When I was talking about for a while there, I was going to Chicago, all, you know, every couple of weeks or every week to go down and supervise this job that was going on down there. Well, that company now has called me and said, hey, we're, we're moving. We've sold the building that you did all that work in. And now we want you to come quote another job. So you renovated it for them and now they're like, oh, it looks pretty. Fuck it. We're going to sell it. Yeah, pretty much. Beautiful. So I, I guess it keeps me in business. You know what? Hey, great. <laughs> All right, man. And you, so, must, you must have done something right if they tried to retain you for that. I I hope that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if we can get this one right. He screwed up the last one. Yeah, that doesn't happen very much in business. No, not so much. <laughs> Especially if they're paying for it. Right. If, if it's free, you know, you might give them a second chance. Yeah, but, you know, I can't get anybody to work for me for free, so I can't really work for anybody else for free. There you go. All right. So, I don't know. You want to get liquored up? I think that's a good idea. All right. So, this week, I brought it. 
I've been dreading this beer for a long time, but I finally did it. And I did it as kind of an homage to Madonna. Okay. I got Guinness Blonde. They say gentlemen prefer blondes. We'll find out. Well... Then again, neither of us is really a gentleman, mostly speaking. True, true. So... I let's do see what, enjoy. Let's a, see what angry bastards prefer. <laughs> I do enjoy a nice Guinness, but now this is an American lager. It's five uh, percent alcohol. It's twelve ounces. It's brewed in Pennsylvania. It by, says by the Quakers. <laughs> it might be actually a lager brewed with American hops and Guinness yeast. <laughs> a biscuity flavor. Well, Guinness is kind of like a biscuit. Well, yeah, it's chewy like one. <laughs> With citrus notes and a crisp finish. That concerns me. Citrus notes concerns me. It smells good, though. I don't know if you can smell yet. Yeah, a little bit. Doesn't smell bad, so shall it's we do this? It's pretty lightweight, actually. Yeah, it smells pretty... It's bitter. It's got a little bit of bitter. I don't taste any citrus. I taste no. citrus. We're drinking, basically, a slightly heavier Budweiser. Uh, a weedier. I think it's uh, like a weedier, like more of a half vice, I think. It could be, but yeah, it is not, it's not bad. It's not sticking with me, but then again, we've only had a sip. True. So well, I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgment right now. I'm, I have a judgment that I'm, I have Right, for we'll it. make our judgment. And like always, if we want to change our minds, we fucking we, will. We reserve the right. I don't reserve anything. I just fucking will. Well, look at you being all, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. What so, do you say? I'm gonna go thumb. Or, I'm gonna go thumb. I'm gonna go bar. As am I. It's not terrible. I can't stand regular Guinness. Um, okay. I would drink this again. We'll see if I maintain that after the show. Your your happy go lucky thought on this? Yeah, but as happy go lucky as we're gonna get today. I you know. I'm gonna drink it. I I think it's okay. It's something good on a really hot day. If it's really cold, this would be good. I would put other ones ahead of it, but if this is the only thing that was here, I wouldn't say no, I'll drink water. Somebody offered it to you, you drink it. Right. Yeah. All right. Shall we just go ahead and ask you this week's trivia question? Sure. I know it's a shocker. It's about Madonna. Uh-oh. According to Madonna, in several interviews during her fame, she has stated that she has been excommunicated by the Catholic Church three times. Has Madonna Louise Sassone ever been excommunicated by the Catholic Church? Think about that. So this is a trick question. It could be, or okay. it couldn't be. It's you got a 50-50 chance on that. Yeah, one. I was going to say it's a yes or no question. So okay. So I'll read it one more time for everybody out there, and then we'll talk about it again at the end. According to Madonna, in several interviews during her fame, she has stated that she has been excommunicated by the Catholic Church three times. Has Madonna Louise Sassone ever been excommunicated by the Catholic Church? All right. Okay, so shall we kick this thing off? Oh, let's tell them a little bit how this is gonna how this is gonna work. All right, so what we're gonna do is we picked Madonna songs that are going throughout the ages. So starting from the beginning of her career all the way through as recent as we want to go, because the most recent stuff is just frankly terrible. But that being said, we're gonna start off and go chronologically. So it doesn't we're not gonna go back and forth like you normally do. We may do Chad does a couple, I do a couple. We're gonna to try to keep it in in chronological order to the best of our ability. Some of the songs we picked came off the same albums, right? 
So there's going to be some doubling up that way, but it's going to be chronological by the year. Okay, if you yeah. want to bust our balls about it, fine. About but... which one was released first? We don't care. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We're not that big of fans, so. So I'm going to start off with "Holiday" from 1983. Sire Records released it as the third single in September 1983 from her self-titled album "Madonna." "Holiday" later appeared remixed on the remix compilation "You Can Dance" 1987 and the Greatest Hits compilation, The Immaculate Collection, 1990, and in its original form on the Greatest Hits album, Celebration, 2009. This is true for a lot of the songs on here, so I probably won't go through it on each and every one, but I, I thought that was something worth putting out there at least once. So written by Curtis Hudson and Lisa Stevens of Pure Energy, the track was offered to Madonna by her producer, John Jellybean ben- ben- Benitez when she was looking for a potential hit track to include in her debut album. After accepting the song, she and, uh, I'm just going to call him Jellybean, because I hate that last name, (laughs) worked on it and altered its composition by the addition of a piano solo performed by their friend Fred Zarr. Holiday features instrumentation from guitars, electronic hand claps, a cowbell, and a synthesized string arrangement while its lyrics speak about the universal sentiment of taking a holiday. Universally acclaimed by critics, the song became Madonna's first mainstream hit single in the United States, peaking at number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100. It also became her first top 10 single in several countries, including a lot of Europe. Madonna has performed Holiday on most of her tours, and it is generally included as part of the encore. Different performances of the song are included in the record releases of her tours. Cover versions by a number of artists have been released, and it has also appeared in the soundtrack of sitcoms like Will and Grace. Let's go on a small holiday. So now, when I talk about these, and you'll probably do the same thing, it's going to be a mixture of talking about the song and the video. Right. Because a lot of what Madonna does isn't really what it is without the video. In the 80s, no. Right. And even in the 90s. I mean, now, I mean, yeah, but I mean... But you know what I'm saying? I do, because the videos permeated everything back then. Now, not as much. Right. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. So, this was not quite the Madonna look I fell in love with a few years later. But still smoking. The vocals were fun, as was the music. A song of celebrating while out of your home country or your home city or anywhere. Just go somewhere and have a lot of fun. Simple 80s video, nothing amazing. A couple dudes dancing around with Madonna as she poorly lip syncs in the video. So back in the 80s, they did that a lot. They would lip sync their songs so they I could... I think they did that in all videos. And they still might, but it was it was pretty bad in Holiday. It was like a Japanese movie? Yeah, kind of. So, remember, just take some time to get away and celebrate. Even if it's just one day out of life. This dance number, as I really don't know what else to call it, is the start of the Madonna craze. One of many good songs on this list, even. What are your thoughts on Holiday? You know, this is a fun song. It's classic 80s Madonna. Not that it needed to really be made more famous, but it did get some new legs when Sad Robbie sang it in The Wedding Singer. He had his self-hating lyrics. When yep. he, and he was just like like crying as he was singing it. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Not Madonna, but the wedding singer. Okay. But that being said, it's it's a good song. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to say about it. It's a good, fun song. All right, fair enough. What 
Uh, well, we're going on to you now. Yes, um, we're going to go 1984, so a year later, that's Borderline. So Borderline's a song off of her self-titled album, the 1983's Madonna. It was released in 84 and was the fifth single off the album. And while that sounds like a lot, it'll sound like even more when you consider the album only had eight fucking tracks. Right? The song is about love of some form. Some saying it's about an unfulfilling relationship. Others saying it's about the big O or lack thereof. Again, song meetings. Eh. The song and the artist dominated the radio in the 1980s and it was played during her 1985 The Virgin Tour. And strangely enough, was retired until the 2018 Sticky Sweet Tour. Really? So for whatever reason, she said, you know, I don't want to play this for 20 years. Some, hey, you know, whatever. It's Her not choice. Like, exactly. And actually, when she revived it, she played guitar in the song and made it more of a rock song than a dance song. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued. I'd like to see more of that. I mean, good for her if you want to do that. I'm just not sure how well that would really work, if I'm being honest. Let's go ahead and take a quick listen to Borderline, then we'll finish up on that. Now, something I didn't know was that apparently they pitched up her vocals, which was common in dance tracks, to try to make her sound younger. Oh, really? You know, no going back, I can hear it, but it actually, until reading this, I didn't even think twice about it because so much dance and pop music is produced and reproduced and overproduced that you don't really even think twice. But now going back, you're never going to unhear that now. Probably true. Now, this is definitely one of the songs that helps cement her as a dance pop sensation. I enjoy this song. It's... Whatever it's about, don't care. It's a good song. Okay. All right, so Borderline. I mean, the opening music, and I don't know why, it always reminds me of a music box. That little intro on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Then it's into the standard Madonna, Madonna song for Madonna. the era. Madonna. Madonna song for the era. A song of loss or a song of the fear of loss. It's a dude who doesn't have any idea of what he has or how to keep it, and she's being pushed away. Even though she has given him everything she has to offer, it's a good song. It can make you think of things that were as compared to what there is now. I, I don't know. I like it. I like the song. All right. Cool. All right. Let's move on. You got the next one. I do. Uh, next one is 1985, so we're going another year later, and we're going with Material Girl. Material Girl is a track included on her 1984 album, Like a Virgin. It was released in 1985 and was one of only two singles off the album, the other being the title track. So that she goes from, like, most of the album to only two. Yeah, but how big was Material Girl? Yeah, oh yeah. So, if you listen to the song, it truly belongs in the decade of excess. The 1980s, it sounds like a gold digger put to music. It really does. She only is into guys that can give her stuff and is only into money. The video was a take on Marilyn Monroe doing her Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend song and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And for the most part was just like the song, gold digging, except for the end when she goes and hooks up with just a regular guy because of love or some such thing. Whatever that meaning is, you know. Exactly. It kind of makes me think of Uptown Girl with Billy Joel, you know, the the hoity-toity chick hooking up with the average Joel. Joe? Joe. The average Joel? Uh-huh. <laughs> I like how you did that. Yeah. Uh, Madonna went on to say that while the song was about someone craving the finer things in life, that's not how she is, and later on went on to disassociate herself from that, even though the journalist called her the material girl. Well, and you know, she's probably right. She did marry Sean Penn. Yeah, that certainly wasn't for looks. But, no, absolutely not. But let's go ahead and take a quick listen to Material Girl, then we'll finish up on this. Cause the boy with the cold heart cash is always Mr. 
So the song was, as mentioned, during the Like a Virgin era when she was blonde, ambitious, and out for all she could get. This was the hot Madonna that all 1980s kids fell in love or lust with, myself included. I'm, I'm sorry, but that video is just drool-worthy. She was gorgeous. Was right there. Absolutely. <laughs> she was gorgeous in that video. The only other Madonna, aside from the prefer blondes one, was the one with like the bracelets and still the blonde hair, but like the dirty blonde. Right. That was that was earlier, right? That was yes. her, her beginning look. Yes. Had that very 80s vibe Before to it. Before she went dark hair like the like a, like a prayer. Right. Before that. But yeah, those were the two Madonnas that were just like, yeah. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts? Well, how do I follow that? This was the height of the blonde ambition time. I mean... This is a great song in a style, not as much pop as a callback to an earlier style of music, like you were saying to the Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. It's a song about stuff, you know, material things. She wants all the things that others can give her. Honestly, at this point, I would have given my parents away just to meet Madonna. <laughs> I love this song. I love this video. I love Madonna. Even now, and I know we, we disagree on this, even now, I think she is very much an icon. I will agree with that. And yes, her looks have aged. Yes. We'll, we'll be we'll be nice about it. She has aged and not the greatest. No, that, no. And that, then, she is in shape like a motherfucker. Oh though. yeah, I'll she'd tell kick you your that. ass. She heard you say that about her. She'd kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. And you would watch and videotape, I suppose. <laughs> right. And then I'd ask her to kick my ass because at least Madonna's touching me. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need the spank bank image for that. <laughs> All right, but. So let's go ahead. We're going to move on to the next one. It's another 1985. Yeah, this is another Lou. Yeah, and hey, you got two more coming up. So. I know, I know. And this is Crazy For You. Now, Crazy For You is a track that was released as part of the soundtrack for the 1985 movie Vision Quest. This ballad was included on the coming-of-age movie due to the feels that it produced. We haven't had the feels in a while, have we? No, not really. And it, how it related to the two main characters. Madonna had a guest spot in the movie where she performed the song as a local bar singer. I can't see her singing at a bar, but whatever. Crazy For You is a slow-moving love song that was described by Keith Caulfield of Billboard as, quote, perhaps the ultimate slow dance song, end quote, which is probably why it was played at every school dance in the 80s. And when I had nobody to dance with. And, and probably some weddings, too. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure that could mean it could be considered a makeout song, but I didn't really do too much of that back then, so I'm guessing. Sure. I In the 80s, me either. I danced a lot with cousins. <laughs> Okay. And I didn't make out with my cousin. I'm I'm glad you clarified that. So the song has been featured pretty prominently in media due to its, and it's usually during kissing or romantic scenes such as on Full House when DJ was dared to kiss a boy. Um, Or a better example was the ending of 13 Going on 30 with Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner with it's when, um, it's the kid scene actually where she turns back into the, the 13 year old. Okay. And it's it's played during the flashback 80s team. It just it works. Okay. It's a good song to listen to, and it still could be a perfect addition to any mixtape, in my opinion. Let's go ahead and take a listen, then we'll hear what Chad has to say. Well, first of all, you said mixtape again. We were going to change that to mix, mix um, playlist. Playlist. That's right. Because for, nobody does for any love tapes. playlist. <laughs> so, was not sure which song this was. Didn't recognize the song by the title. Then when she made it to the singing part, I was like, Oh yeah, that song. But it's, it's dark. 
it's got like some like this is a high roller song actually. Cause, yeah. Because they always played it when they had the flower dance. Yeah, I remember that. Now, what was the name of the movie you said this was in? Thirteen Going on Thirty. Okay, when I was doing the research for this, I found that it was in a movie called Vision Quest as well. Did I not? That's the first thing I said, dude. Was it? Yes. I'm going to reread exactly what I wrote. It said, is a track released as part of the soundtrack for the 1985 film Vision Quest. Well, I should have probably been listening. (laughs) Here's a dollar. Pay the fuck attention. (laughs) This said, it's, it's a pretty good love song. Basic type of love song. You know, one of those. But just her voice is so sharp and so clear and pretty. I like it. And there's, it's something that's, it's not seductive, but it kind of melts you a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's it's not making you sexy, but it's making you romantic. That's a good way of putting it, actually. You know, so because I mean, there's songs that kind of get you going. They're just like, you know, like Cherry Pie, for example. That'll kind of get you going, right? But then you got songs like this that are just like, you know, kind of the cuddle songs. Yeah, yeah. This is not a I want to fuck you like an animal type song. No, this is a we're going to Netflix and chill for a while, and then if it happens, it happens. Right, and if it doesn't, we just go to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to pick up here in 1986 with La Isla Bonita. Yeah, everybody, Chad actually gets to talk now. Yeah, well, not that it never, that, not that it stopped me from talking, but anyway, <laughs> this, and I'm gonna, I'm just going to preface this. This is probably my favorite Madonna song. Okay. So released in 1986 from her third studio album, True Blue, she and Patrick Leonard co-wrote and co-produced the song, and Bruce Gaish provided additional songwriting. Sire Records released it as the album's final single in February 1987. The instrumental version of the song was first offered to Michael Jackson before Madonna both accepted it and wrote the lyrics and melody. I can't see him doing this song. Well, no, but it was just the it was just the music. Even so, I he just yeah, doesn't have the right sound for you're this. You're right. I would agree, and it's a good thing he didn't take it, and she did. So La Isla Bonita is noted for being the first Madonna song to contain Latino influences with arrangements of Cuban drums and Spanish guitar, maracas, harmonicas, and a mix of synthesized and re- synthesized and real drumming. The lyrics of the song tell about a beautiful island and, according to Madonna, was a tribute to the beauty of the Latinos. So following its release, La Isla Bonita received, a po- received positive feedback from critics. It also became Madonna's fourth number one single in the United Kingdom, giving her the record for most number one singles for a female artist. <laughs> in the accompanying music video, Madonna portrayed two separate characters, a young, pious Catholic woman and a glamorous, passionate Latina. The Latin style and the flamenco red dress she wore became a trend later. The song is one of the most performed live songs by Madonna, appearing in six of her world tours, the most recent being the Rebel Heart Tour in 2015-2016. So let's listen to this beautiful song about a beautiful island. So you can hear the Spanish influence from the first note. I have always had a soft spot for Spanish-influenced music, especially Spanish guitar. There's just something about the way they play, and it's it's not like American guitar in a lot of ways, where it's you know American guitar can be really harsh and and, and twangy. Mm-hmm. Spanish guitar is very flowing, and it's you don't hear the strings snapping and strapping and. You, uh... 
Kind of. I, I I know what you're saying, but yeah, I know I know what you're saying. Go on. Okay. So this is nothing short of a perfect song. She sings the song with such conviction, and you feel her yearning for the island of San Pedro. This song kind of makes my shoulders sway and my foot tap. There is no connection, but when I listen to this song, I always think of the movie Desperado. Interesting. I, I don't know like why. Like the Banderas movie? Yeah, there's no connection whatsoever. She's not involved in the movie at all. But this is just a really good song. It's like I said, one of my one of my, if not my favorite Madonna songs. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on it? You know, it's an island. It's an island sounding song, obviously intended. That's entertaining. I like this one, and this is actually. I even wrote down here too that this may be one of my favorite songs of hers. There's just something about it that I mean, I'm a fat guy. I'm gonna put that out there now. So me and Heat don't work well together. True. So me and a desert island probably wouldn't work well together. But that being said. I could listen to this on a beach somewhere and be fine. But I'm telling you this. You know how fat guys like you and I do the beach? You have an umbrella. And you try not to get people to push you back in the water. (laughs) You you have a chair and some guy who keeps bringing you drinks. And try to stay awake because if you fall asleep in the sun, you're going to want to die. That's why you have the umbrella. But the sun moves. The umbrella doesn't. Well, that's why you have another guy who moves your umbrella while you're sleeping. How about if I have pretty women do that for me? Whatever. Okay. However you want to go. No, it's a good song. Um, this one, you mentioned the Immaculate Collection, which is her greatest hits. Mm-hmm. One um, of her greatest hits. One of, yes. Um, I believe this is on there, and it's well worth being on there. Oh, yeah. I would I would assume so. All right. So I get to go again. Yay! You do. More talking for me. So the next song I'm going to do is one of those songs that was quite famous for her. However... I never really got into this song, but I, I, I felt it belonged on the episode. So, okay. Papa Don't Preach. And again, this is from True Blue, which I'm sure we talked about before in the Blue episode. I think you brought the title song from that album to the Blue episode, didn't you? I don't remember. I can look. Okay, I'm pretty sure you did True Blue. Uh, but anyway, the song was written by Brian Elliott with additional lyrics by Madonna, who produced it with Stanley Bray. The song also appeared remixed on, here we go again, the 1990 compilation album, The Immaculate Collection, and in its original form on the 2009 compilation album, Celebration. The song's musical style combines pop and classical styling, and its lyrics deal with teenage pregnancy and abortion. It was based on the teen gossip Elliot heard outside his recording studio. The song was a commercial success. It became Madonna's fourth number one single from the Billboard Hot 100 and performed well internationally. It was well-received by music critics and was frequently cited as a highlight in the album. The music video, directed by James Foley, shows Madonna's second image makeover, featuring her with a more toned and muscular body and cropped platinum blonde hair. It portrayed a storyline where Madonna is trying to tell her father about her pregnancy. The images are juxtaposed with shots of Madonna dancing and singing in a small, darkened studio and spending a romantic evening with her boyfriend. Which is probably what caused the problem to begin with. I would assume so, yes. Shortly after its release, the song caused heated discussions about its lyrical content. Women's organizations and others in the family planning field criticized Madonna for encouraging teenage pregnancy, while groups opposed to abortion saw the song as having a positive pro-life message. The song also caused her first conflict with the Vatican, as she dedicated it to Pope John Paul II, who urged Italian fans to boycott her concerts during the Who's That Girl World Tour in 1987. In 2002, British singer Kelly Osbourne recorded a hard rock cover of the song, which was included as a bonus track on her debut album, Shut Up. So, question. 
So you'd mentioned that the Vatican was pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The song is pro-life. Correct. Isn't that what the church is about, though? But, but they're also they, not about pro-pregnancy. Or right. Pro-sex. They're not. They're not. They're not pro procreation before marriage. But you can't have it both ways. Well, you take, know. Take what you can get, JP2. <laughs> so, Papa isn't going to preach while we listen to this song. We're in an awful mess And I don't mean maybe Please, Papa, don't preach I'm in trouble deep Papa, don't preach I've been losing sleep But I made up my mind I'm keeping my baby mm, I'm gonna keep my baby So, I have always had mixed feelings about this song. Madonna changes the way she looks like most people change underwear. I mean, this is <laughs> this, however, is one of my favorite looks for her. It's it's right behind the one right before it, the blonde ambition look. This is kind of the like a virgin look, isn't it? Uh, yeah, kind of. The the uh, blonde with lots of chains and lace and that kind of thing. Yeah, in some of the videos, yeah. Yep. This hard hitting song kind of just puts it all out there. She gets pregnant and is she and she's getting advice from all sides. Her friends think she should get rid of the baby. She's trying to tell her father and hoping he can give her some good advice about what to do. I think she did a good job by using Danny Aiello as her dad. How much more Italian looking can you get? I mean, it's a great song and her start into a more into uh, those more risque topics. Okay. You know, uh, before that she kind of it was all fun and games, but it's fluff. Yeah, and now it's getting more into that. You know, we're get we're talking about real life, real things. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts? So, this song is about teenage pregnancy and being pro-life, opting to keep it instead of having it terminated. I've really never been a fan of this song. Um, some Something about it, I don't know if it's the topic, or it's the music, whatever, just rubbed me the wrong way, it's a skip for me. Okay. I don't hate the song, but it's not one I'm going to seek out. Fair enough. This would be, if we were rating, this would be like a solid five for me. Okay. All right, now, you get to talk again. I do. So, we're going to 1989, and this is Express Yourself, which is a track off of the 1989 album, Like a Prayer. And for fuck's sake, Christ, what is it with all the Leica albums? Like a Prayer, Like a Virgin. Anyways, so the song obviously was released during the Like a Prayer era, which is when she was sporting the dark hair, the super red lips, and the really pale skin. Not my thing, but not terrible either. It makes me think of Pepsi commercials. Okay. <laughs> So, it's a pop tune with the lady singer talking to her lady friends, reminding them that you don't have to settle and go for someone who buys you shit, but rather make him tell you how he feels and show it through emotions versus material stuff. Turned out to be pretty much the polar opposite of Material Girl. Critics gobbled it up. Coming out during the 11th hour of the 1980s, the song was a good anthem to push out the end of the 1980s and for the decade of excess. The video for the tune was directed by David Fight Club 7 Zodiac Fincher and cost a staggering $5 million. Yeah, some of her videos cost lots of money. Which at the time was the most expensive video ever made. Of course, since it's been blown away by other other artists, but it still ranks number four out of the top five most expensive videos ever made. In case you're wondering, I have the list. Okay. We've got, and right now this is adjusted for inflation. Taylor's. And, and what year is this from? Your the, list. This is from this year. This year, okay. And this is, of course, what's been reported. Right. Because there may be videos that they didn't report. So, most expensive music videos sort, sorted by production cost adjusted for inflation. Okay. Taylor Swift production, $12 million for Look What You Made Me Do. Not worth it. Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson for Scream, $7 million. Adjusted for inflation for 2018, $11,242,000. 
Wow. It's a good video, but god damn. Yeah. Madonna, number three. Express yourself. Production, five million. Adjusted, 9.8 million. Okay. Madonna, die another day. 6.1 million. Adjusted, 8.2 million. Okay. Madonna, bedtime story. Holy shit. Five million. Adjusted, 8 million. So out of the top five expensive of all times, she has the top, she has three out of five of them. She's got three to five. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And Guns actually makes it on there, too. For which one? November Rain? Uh, Estrange. Okay. Uh, Michael Jackson was on there for Bad, Black, and White. Uh, MC Hammer was on there for Too Legit to Quit. I can't believe that Thriller isn't on there. I thought so, too, and Thriller is actually in the top 20. Oh, okay. It's actually pretty far down there. They, they must have just cut a lot of corners. Either that or, I mean, their biggest expense was makeup. Well, yeah. So... And this list is the criteria was it was costing more than five hundred thousand dollars to produce. Okay. David Bowie's nineteen eighty video Ashes to Ashes was the very first one to do that. Since then, sixty one videos are on the list, per Wikipedia at least. Janet Jackson has ten percent of the list with six. Michael, as well as Britney Spears, Ayumi Hamasaki have five. Madonna has four, but three of them are in the top five. Wow. So let's go ahead and take a listen to, this is all about not material and she does expensive shit. So right. let's take a quick listen. All right, so Madonna in a suit. I'm sorry, buddy, but I'm in. I really find women in suits to be sexy. And the fact that Madonna, that it's Madonna, it's even sexier. Oh, there's a very, there's a better video when she was in the suit, though. Vogue. Oh, yeah. The video is set in some futuristic jail-slash-slave encampment, and she has the hots for some worker. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> the song itself isn't one of my favorites. It's not the worst Madonna song either, by far. Though, maybe the worst song on this list, this episode, but it's a great video, though. Definitely something to watch. You know, when Madonna starts grabbing herself, I can never control myself, so. <laughs> so you start grabbing yourself, too? No, 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 no. <laughs> Just make it dirty right away, why don't you? Memo to me, don't watch videos near Chad. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do the next one, because. Because we said yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm doing Cherish, which also came out in 1989. From her first fourth studio album, Like a Prayer. It was written and produced by Madonna and Patrick Leonard and was released by Sire Records as the album's third single in August 1989. Cherish was built around the themes of love and relationships, with William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet being one of the major inspirations. The track also included a line from Cherish by the 1960s band The Association. Musically constructed as a doo-wop-style pop song, it is regarded as a light-hearted track by the critics and includes instruments such as a drum machine, percussions, keyboards, and a saxophone. Lyrically, it speaks of Madonna's devotion to her lover and her promise to always be by his side. After its release, the song received positive feedback from reviewers who were surprised by the change of content and the lighter image of Madonna's music in contrast to her previous singles from Like a Prayer, which incorporated themes such as religion and sexuality. They compared certain lyrics of the song to words spoken by Juliet in William Shakespeare's play. Cherish peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100, giving Madonna the record for the most consecutive top five singles by an act with 16. Jesus. 
A black and white music video for the song was directed by photographer Herb Ritz at the Paradise Cove Beach in Malibu, California. In the video, Madonna plays herself while three co-actors dressed as mermen swim in and out of the sea. Academics noted that the mermen became symbols for the homosexual community and the oppression it faced. Of course, they had to put a meaning into it. Of course. Madonna performed Cherish on her Blonde Ambition World Tour, where the performance included her dancers dressed up as mermen. Its symbolism was seen to desexualize men, regulating them to objects of desire. How so, is that desexualizing? I, I don't know. Let's cherish this bit of the song. So it's a beautifully shot video. This was the era of Madonna music where I fell in love with the singer. The video of her playing in the waves of the ocean and being drenched completely from head to toe. On top of all that, it's a really good piece of music with a great message about being in love. Not just in love, but cherishing a relationship completely. What are your thoughts? You know, in per an interview with Rolling Stone Crapazine, Madonna really didn't like this song. She actually really hated it, actually. Really? However, the public felt differently, loved it. This is a cute song. There's really no other words to do it justice. It's just cute. It's a lovey, cute song. Okay. I, I, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's just cute. Well, then I'm going to move on. All right. So we're going to do Vogue from 1990 from her second soundtrack album, I'm Breathless. It was released as the first single from the album in March 1990 by Sire Records. Madonna has, was inspired by Vogue dancers and choreographers from the Harlem houseball community, the origin of the dance form, and they introduced voguing to her at the Sound Factory Club in New York City. I don't know what one word of that sentence fucking means. <laughs> I understand New York City. Yeah, and Harlem houseball community, I don't know what that is. Um, Sound Factory Club, obviously that's a club in New York. But yeah, so if somebody can explain that to me, Send us, send us, send us something. I heard Harlem, and I'm like, oh, the Globetrotters? <laughs> so Vogue is an upbeat house song, which sets trends in dance music in the 1990s. However, it also has strong influences of 1970s disco within its composition. Vogue also contains a spoken section in which the singer name-checks various golden-era Hollywood celebrities. Lyrically, the song is about enjoying oneself on the dance floor, no matter who one is and contains a theme of escapism. Critically, Vogue has been met with appreciation ever since its release. Reviewers have praised its anthemic nature and listed it as one of the song singer's career highlights. Commercially, the song remains one of Madonna's biggest international hits, topping the charts in over 30 countries, including the United States. It became the world's best-selling single of 1990, selling over 6 million copies. Jeez. Right? The music video for Vogue, directed by David Fincher, was shot in black and white and takes stylistic inspiration from the 1920s and 30s. Madonna has performed the song on six of her tours at the 1990 MTV Music Video Awards and at her performance during the halftime show of Super Bowl 46. <laughs> you know, I can read Roman numerals. Just not quickly. Just not quickly. Okay. <laughs> 
So, writers and critics have noted the video and the song's influence in bringing an underground subculture into mainstream popular culture through the postmortem, or sorry, postmodern nature of <laughs> Big her difference. power and influence, as well as the way in which it followed a new trend in which dance music enjoyed widespread popularity. So let's vogue, vogue, vogue. as good you know it sounded better in my head when i was writing it <laughs> at least you didn't dance to it honestly the video sold me on the song in 1990 i was 14 years old how could this video not sell me the song i always kind of liked the beat and the sound of the song as well the video for all the sex and fun that was involved i never really understood the voguing still not sure that i do but i do however like this song and i think it's a great way to end my part of this list this one had her in, the like, the factory, right? No, that was Express Yourself. Ah, okay. This one had her in, like, like a Victorian house as one of the back settings. And then, okay, all right. Yeah. yeah they, all there the was black, a lot all of the, jerky. All the black and white ones kind of run yeah, together. Yeah, and there, there was a lot of jerky hand movements, you know. Mm-hmm. So this one designed to be a, hands, uh, a, hands, a house dance song with disco influences. It's another fun club song. Um, it's got a great beat. Um this is another one of my favorites. Okay. I mean, if of your list, I would have to say La Isla Bonita and Vogue are probably my two favorite of, of yours. I, You know, of yours, we've got one to go yet, which is not one of my favorites, so that's easy to say. Uh, but of yours, I would have to say Borderline and Material Girl are probably my two favorites of yours. Uh, I'd probably agree with that, actually, because I'm more of the older right, Madonna yeah. style. I mean, But then so, again, that could be us being classic music fans but you mean crabby old fuckers well yeah duh <laughs> all right so why don't you wrap us up man all right so we're gonna wrap this up with ray of light which came out in 1998 this is the last and most recent song of this show it's single off of the 1998 album of the same name it was released after her life experiences during her kablabla time um you know the red friendship bracelet that no one really knew anything about kablabla mm-hmm. you it's, mean kabbalah whatever you said um <laughs> it was a celebrity thing that nobody really cared about but Anyhow, the song was a dance and club-inspired song that pulled heavily from Eastern spiritualism, and her, I'll say temporary as I don't see the bracelets anymore or hear about it anywhere, faith in the teachings of the Kabbalah. Fair enough. The video that accompanied it was a trippy, cobbled set of time-lapse images, including Madonna going spastic. It was odd, but it just seemed to work. When it comes to Ray of Light, it's not a bad song. It really doesn't have much in the way of auto-tune, which is just Madonna singing a club song. I have to say, though, when you're used to Madonna's old music, her current stuff just isn't that good. That being said, I won't hesitate to say that 2000's music was probably the last true decent Madonna song. And with that, let's take a quick listen, then we'll hear what Chadley has to say.
I didn't know the song. I didn't know it by the title. After listening to it, I didn't think I had ever heard the song before. Then I hit the chorus, and I have a slight recollection of the song. Like, it was out there, and I probably heard it somewhere, but never made the connection that it was A, Madonna, or B, that it was a good song. <laughs> but it's not one that I would have listened to a lot. That said, it's a nice little dance song. It feels like a dance song to me. Not something I would listen to a lot, but if I hear it again, I'd listen. So that kind of wraps us up here. It does. Let's let's look back at the beer. So are you going to stick with your... I'm going to stick with the bar. I'm going to actually go thumbs up. All I right. enjoyed it. The more I drank of it, the more I liked it. Um, I'm going to stick with the bar. This one, it really didn't change my mind. It's, it's really smooth in the respect that it kind of punches in the teeth, but it, then again, it doesn't stick with you. And that, that would have definitely given me a thumbs down, but this one just, it, it's refreshing in the respect it doesn't like coat your tongue. Right. Right. And this is something that we don't see very often. I have finished my beer and Lou's still working on his. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, all right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and hit uh, trivia again. Hopefully you've had some time to think about this. So 45 minutes to think of a yes or no question? Jesus Christ. <laughs> How bad of decisions do you think I make? We're going to find out. Apparently. So according to Madonna, in several interviews during her fame, she has stated that she has been, She's been excommunicated by the Catholic Church three times. Has Madonna Louise Sassone ever been excommunicated by the Catholic Church? I'm going to say no. because, And here's my justification on this one. Typically, when you're excommunicated, you got to do something really, really good to get back in with the church. Mm-hmm. And as staunch as the church is, I don't see her letting them back in. So I'm going to say no. You are correct. She has not been officially excommunicated by the Catholic Church. She was just trying to cause a... A ruckus? A ruckus. You mean more of a ruckus than putting out a book called Sex that was actually plastic wrapped so people couldn't look at her nude pictures on the inside? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, you remember when that book came out? I do remember when it came out. I have never seen it, though. Uh, I saw... <laughs> I didn't actually see the contents of it. I saw it was when it was on the bookshelf because the bookstore... Um, you know where the downtown market is? Yeah. Where there used to be that corner magazine shop or whatever? Oh, yeah. They had a couple copies in there, and my dad used to go in to buy newspapers and such, and I was always curious, but not curious, curious enough to buy it. Gotcha. Fair enough. I've seen some of the pictures they put in Playboy, actually. They took some screenshots or whatever. Okay. Eh. Eh. It's a naked girl. It, it's a naked girl, and she was definitely au naturel in those pictures. Definitely uh, the flaming bush, for sure. Well, you know, everybody gets one. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. All right, so with that, thank you guys for listening. And if you like this episode or any of our other episodes, feel free to drop us a line and get to us in a few different ways. First, uh, through email, you can find us at eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Musically Challenged Podcast or at POI Network. And we also have a third and final way, which and is... that is Twitter. So if you want to go ahead and tweet something to us, if you want to follow us, send us a playlist, uh, 10 songs, 10 artists, uh, make sure you have the music otherwise... Send us some love. Send us some hate. You know, send us something. Christ, we're, we're, we're waiting for you guys here. Come we're, on. We're working hard to hear from you. And with that, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter at 
POI Game Studio.